Hello everyone and welcome to Celtic Preacher Podcast 71 and today we're going to be looking at the inner tension that we experience when we have a choice to make and we feel pulled in two directions. We have an idea of what's good and right and what would be helpful but it's the more difficult path and it's going to cost us something. So we wonder about taking an easier way. And the passage that we're looking at is in John 18, Gospel of John 18. And the setting is, is Jesus, this is actually the day before he's crucified. So we're fast forwarding here now to the end of his life, his his earthly life, that is, as he walked on the earth as a man. And the setting is that he's uh, before Pilate, the Roman governor. He'd been arrested by the Jewish religious leaders. Now, here's the, the irony of this whole thing. When Jesus taught, and he only he had a very, very short ministry, he was like three years with his disciples, that was it. He was rejected by many and he was loved by many I mean it was it was both reactions uh, people followed him they loved him they wanted to hear more they uh, gave up their lives to follow his way and others didn't and the people that were most against him were the really the clergy of the day the religious ones the religious leaders. And probably because they had a lot to lose, because he critiqued and criticized the way that they viewed God and people, because they'd basically gotten off track. And so they were the ones ultimately, it was the the ancient Jewish religious leaders that wanted him arrested. Now, they, could, they didn't have any authority to have a crucifixion. Remember, in a, they lived in an occupied land, and remember, ancient Rome ruled the known world at that time. So the religious leaders, the clergy people, they didn't have any, they didn't have enough clout to have someone crucified. So they took Jesus to the Roman governor, Pilate, Remember Pontius Pilate? They took him before the the Roman governor because he did have the power to order a crucifixion. Now, it's it's difficult to set the mood entirely with accuracy, but here's a few things to keep in mind about Pilate. And I think that Pilate's a... The reason that I think that Pilate's a most interesting character for us is, is because... Uh, What Pilate models in John 18, in this passage, I think this is common to humanity, and I think that you and I experience this a lot. Now, obviously not as much as at stake as Pilate, but this whole idea of being caught between two ways, or as what Jesus would call two kingdoms, is a really, really common thing. So the story is, is that Pilate is has Jesus before him, and he's nervous and he's anxious because deep in his heart of hearts, he knows that Christ is innocent. 
he knows he certainly doesn't deserve the death penalty. Pilate's a man of power, he's a man of authority, and it's his job to keep the peace in this Roman-occupied land. But there's an angry mob outside his headquarters shouting for the death of Christ, the death of Jesus. So whatever else is going on in Pilate, one thing's clear, he's a conflicted man. He doesn't want a riot on his hands, right? He doesn't want to lose his job if there's some riot or worse. He doesn't want to do that, but neither does he want to have an innocent man crucified. So the setup, of course, in the passages is that here's, here's a man and he's caught between two, two ways. And interestingly enough, I always find this fascinating, that Pilate's wife, and you can read about this in Matthew 27, talk about women's intuition. This is such a good example uh, of the insight of um, Pilate's wife. She had mentioned to him before, don't have anything to do with this man, Jesus. I had a dream about him. Keep clear. Well, of course, he didn't keep clear, and he did get involved. And we're going to pick up the passage where uh, he's interviewing, really interrogating Jesus from John 18, 36. Pilate says some so, and he's basically trying to find out why are you here? Why is there an angry crowd outside? Why do they want you killed? What's going on? So he asks him, are you the king of the Jews? Now, he's talking about the king of the Jews as in the sense of, are you some kind of political threat to Rome? Are you some kind of political threat to the Caesar? Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered, do you ask me this on your own or did others tell you about me? And Pilate replied, look, I'm not a Jew, he says. I'm not a Jew, am I? Your own nation, your own chief priests, have handed you over to me. Now, what have you done? In other words, why is why are all these religious leaders against you? And Jesus replied, my kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to you. Oh, so, so you are a king. Pilate asked. So you are again. There's a lot of misunderstanding going on here. And I think part of what Jesus is saying here is that there are two kingdoms. There's two ways of doing things. There's two ways to live in the world. And we all get this choice of how, how we're going to live our lives. And Jesus is saying that um, there's two ways There's the way that we're used to. There's the way that's common to people. There's the way that we've been raised with. And in this setting, Jesus is saying, if I did things, if I lived the way that you live, Pilate, if I lived the way the world lives, I'd rally my followers together, we'd create an army, and we'd fight you until we won, right? Because that's how you do things on the earth. That's how you do things. I'd gather an army I'd beat you down, Pilate, but I'm not, I'm not going this way. I'm not taking this path. I'm not becoming like you. I'm not living like you. I'm not fighting like with like. My kingdom 
my way is not of this world. I'm taking another way. I'm taking God's way. I'm taking the way of love and compassion and justice. And if it means my death, then I'll die because there's no other way to live. Well, of course, you know the end of the story. He did end up dying, although that's certainly not the end of the story. But Pilate, as he's talking to Jesus, ends up taking the way of self-interest. He ends up taking the way of political correctness. Because even though it's against his conscience, he listens to the others who urge him to give the order for Christ's crucifixion. And eventually he caves in and Jesus is arrested and he's taken off and he is crucified. He dies. Now, every single day we experience and we see these two kingdoms in our lives. Now, we'll have other names for them, but I'm just using the, the scriptural uh, terms just now. But every day we see these two kingdoms in our lives. Um, we experience this at work. We experience this within ourselves. We experience this in all our relationships. It's a struggle of two ways. You know, you're, do I have the courage to do what is right, even if I'm misunderstood, even if it's the harder way, or will I cave in like Pilate? See, the, the temptation is, is, is always to take the easier way. You know, the temptation is to do or say what serves my personal best interest immediately, rather than what Jesus is modeling rather than taking the path of God's kingdom. And when we talk about kingdom, by the way, that whole metaphor of kingdom, isn't, it's not about a place, you know. It's not like the kingdom of, you know, the UK, United Kingdom. It's not a, it's not a physical place. It's the kingdom of God is where God's will is done. You know how we pray that prayer in the Lord's Prayer? Um, we have this line that we say, Lord, let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, that's all about, it's that whole idea. God, whatever is best, whatever is true, whatever is right, whatever is good, let that happen in my life before my own personal will. Let your will be done before my own personal will is done. Why is that? Because our personal will tends to be often uh, ego-driven and it's all about me and what serves my best interest. And Jesus is teaching another way to live. It's like, no, there's a bigger, there's, there's something bigger at stake here. It's not just about you and your personal, you know, interest. But this tension, or what we do with this tension, is what I want to talk about today. You know, do we move against the tension, or do we give in to it? Because it seems like faithfulness to, to God, which actually is the same as being true to yourself, faces down the tension and moves ahead. 
You know, what happens when I choose, what happens when I choose away from Christ? What happens when I choose away from the right way or Christ's way? Uh, what happens when the tension is too great and I cave in and let's say I decide, you know what, I, I stop forgiving. It's too hard. Or I choose to lie to save face. Or let's say it's too hard so I just compromise here and there just to keep the peace. I just compromise. I'm not going to deal with it. I don't want to deal with it. I'd rather just keep this peace, which isn't peace. It's like a pseudo peace, but, you know, but it's common, right? Or let's say, rather than lift, risk conflict or trouble, I just keep quiet when I should speak or I speak when I should be quiet. You know, these are all common, common tensions, and it's that, it's that it's these two kingdoms struggling within us. I think that when we choose away from Christ, when we choose away from what is good and right and true, we lose our freedom. And I'm talking about that internal freedom that I spoke about last week. We lose our freedom slowly and surely when we keep on making choices away from life, uh, and we settle for less than what God intended for us, we start to diminish. We start to diminish. We start to lose our courage. We start to feel threatened. We start to like ourselves less. And that's when people isolate and close down and stay angry. Yeah. You know, we become critical and self-defensive. And we hide rather than live transparent lives. Every time we choose away from Christ's kingdom, we, ch we, choose, we choose away from life. Anytime we choose away from God, we're diminishing in some way. Anytime we're, we're choosing toward God, we're living into how, how God created us to be, our full selves. So on the, on the other hand, the opposite happens. When, when we truly follow Christ's way, remember he always said, follow me. When we're following Christ's way, one act of courage leads to another. One step of faith, which looks like trust, by the way, one, one step of faith leads to another. You conquer one fear, and you know what? If you conquer one fear, even if it's just a small one, if you conquer one fear, in time, you'll feel ready to take on another fear. Yeah, because you know that fear wasn't the end of you. You made it. God helped you through that time. It's like there's no stopping you once you start on this track. And it's not always easy. It's not always easy to follow. Christ's way. And yes, of course you'll be misunderstood. And and yeah, don't expect a, a pat on the back, but that's okay, you know, because there's always going to be this tension when we're serious about following. There's no for, forward movement toward wholeness without tension. There just isn't. It's just the way that it's set up. You know, every spiritual teaching the easiest way to understand any spiritual teaching is to break it down 
and simplify it and zero in on a single area. Because we can only do one thing at a time anyway. So, you know, I've never really been one for, you know, here's 10 things that we can learn from this particular passage. Well, maybe there is, but quite frankly, I think we can only handle one. So when you hear a teaching like this, and Jesus is talking about the struggle within and the two ways and the two kingdoms, one of the ways to apply a passage like this is to get in touch with, sense, the struggle within your own life today. You know, what has bubbled up to the surface for you as you listen to a, a passage like this, a scripture like this, are, are you in a place where you are going back and forth and you're wondering, what's the best thing here? And how does Jesus' way inform your decision? Now, this could be about anything. It could be about a relationship that you're struggling with. It could be about a sense of direction and you're wondering which way to take. It could be about a conflict with someone. Maybe that's what's bubbling to the surface. You know, I'm sensing two ways here. It could be inner pain or an inner struggle that that keeps coming up for you, something undealt with. Can I step back enough to get a sense of direction so that I can walk in Jesus' way. So it's like just pausing, stepping back. This is kind of a prayerful sort of thing that you kind of do over time. It doesn't necessarily happen all at once, but it's like can I step back long enough to get a sense of direction. What is the best path here? And then it kind of morphs into this prayer. It's like, yeah, I think I, I think I know the right thing to do. I think I know the right thing to do here. Even though it's tense and even though it might cost me something, it's like the heart cry is, God, give me the courage to take the right path. That's what following is all about. I mean, basically, it's just about give me the courage to take the right path. I see the two ways. I see the wide way and I see the narrow way and I, I know what's right. I know what's going to lead ultimately to healing. So let me go your way. Let me go your way. Well, thank you for joining me. You've been listening to Celtic Preacher and we've been looking at the struggle that we sometimes face within us. Join with me again next week for another episode.